Hello, my name is Carlos Ortega. This is my podcast. It is a four-episode series called The Internet and Child Development. The last two episodes, I summarized what I learned in my class and connected it to child development. The next episode, I explained the negative effects of the internet on child development. <clears throat> During this episode, I will be explaining multiple studies and their findings on positive effects of, from the internet on child development. I think it's important to show the numerous amounts of positive effects the internet has on child development. Oftentimes, the media only shows negative effects of the internet and child development, and that makes many people think that this is the only thing possible from the internet. There's many positive things the internet can give to child children developing. The next two studies discuss how the internet affects education. I believe it is important to share as one of the main reasons we think about internet affecting children is through education. The first study I'll be explaining was done by Jackson L.A., Van I, Vyoka, Vatsis, G, Zhao Y, and Fitzgerald H E. And it attempts to answer the question, does home internet use influence the academic performance of low-income children? Among the consequences considered was children's academic performances. Participants were 140 children, mostly African-American, which rounded up to 83%, and mostly boys, which was about 58%, and most living in single-parent households, which was about 75%, in which the median annual income was $15,000 U.S., or less. Findings indicated that children who used the internet more had higher scores on standardized tests of reading achievement and higher grade point averages six months, one year, and 16 months later than did children who used it less. Older children used the internet more than did younger children but age had no effect on the nature or the academic performance benefits of internet use. The next study was conducted by Meyer, BJF, Middle Miss W, Theodore E, Brzezinski K, McDougall J, and Bartlett BJ, and it shows the effects of structure strategy instruction delivered to fifth grade children using the internet with and without the aid of older adult tutors. The authors assessed the impact of using the internet with and without the aid and the impact of using the structured strategy as a base for intergenerational internet tutoring program in which older, older adults with strategy training provided internet-based tutoring for fifth grade students, learning the strategy through an instructional website. Students were randomly assigned to one of three groups, structure strategy with tutors, 
structure strategy without tutors and control. Program effects were apparent months after instruction. Post-test performance was related both to careful completion of web lessons and amounts of tutor feedback and content-related questions. The findings show that this can impact on learning from computers, intergenerational tutoring, and reading instruction. One of the main reasons parents and others who care for children are afraid of internet use for their children is its effect on education. It is necessary to share these studies first because we find that the internet effect does have positive effects on learning with children. Not only does it help overcome obstacles for children, but it also helps overcome obstacles for children who are low income. As they face many uh, obstacles, I believe internet can be a use of use for them and giving them more opportunities to be up to date with their peers who are not low income. Another important factor I wanted to explain is the effects of internet-delivered family cognitive behavioral therapy intervention for children and adolescents with chronic pain. Cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, interventions show promise for decreasing chronic pain in youth. However, the availability of CBT is limited by many factors, and these include distance to major treatment centers, and also expense. This study evaluates a more accessible treatment approach for chronic pediatric pain using an internet-delivered family CBT intervention. Participants included 48 children with chronic headache, abdominal or muscular low skeletal pain and associated functional disability and their parents. Children were randomly assigned to a waitlist control group or an internet treatment group. Primary treatment outcomes were pain intensity ratings of a 0 to 10 NRS and activity limitations at a child activity limitations interview both completed via an online daily diary. In addition to medical care, the internet treatment group completed eight weeks of online modules, including realization, training, cognitive strategies, parent operant techniques, communication strategies, and sleep and activity interventions. Youth randomized to the waitlist control group continued with the current medical care. And the findings demonstrated significantly greater reduction in activity limitations and pain intensity at post-treatment for the internet treatment group. And these effects were maintained at the three-month follow-up rate of clinically significant improvement in pain 
was also greater for the internal treatment group than for the weightless control group. There were no significant group differences in parental protectiveness or child depressive symptoms post-treatment. Internet treatment was rated as acceptable by all children and parents. <clears throat> and the findings support the efficacy and accessibility of internet delivery of family CBT for reducing pain and improving function among children and adolescents with chronic pain. Internet-based CBT is one topic that the class discussed, and I believe that is a very important way into bringing quicker access and more accessibility to those who are unable to reach these therapy therapy um, buildings or counselors, uh, giving them more opportunities to do them outside or in their homes which will allow for more people in CBT and a broader range <clears throat> of part participants and patients, giving those who usually do not get, have access to these types of services and just broadening the effects of CBT. Major brain changes akin to what is suggested by the phrase rewiring the brain are unlikely. Um, by that, I mean, this is one thing that many people believe internet is doing. They believe that the internet is rewiring our brains or changing them in some sort of way. However, current evidence suggests that typical internet activities do not impair social development during adolescence. Evidence increasingly suggests that time spent online does not displace time spent doing other activities associated with health and well-being, a longitudinal study of 11 and 13 years old with about 908 participants suggests that engaging in screen-based sedentary behaviors such as computer use is not associated with less engagement in leisure time physical activities when expected to have future access to information students were less likely to remember specific information or more likely to remember where to find the specific information. The results of these studies are unlikely to apply to the majority of us adolescents that do not qualify an excessive internet user. There's currently no evidence to suggest that internet use has or has not had a profound effect on brain development. Another study continues on to describe digital screen time limits and young children's psychological well-being. The date was from nearly 20,000 parents from telephone interviews with children between the ages of 2 to 5 years old. It assessed their children's digital screen use and psychological well-being in terms of caregiver attachment resilience, curiosity, and positive effect in the past month. Evidence did not support implementing limits of less than an hour or less than two hours per day 
as recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics. Once variability in child, ethnicity, age, gender, household income, and caregiver educational attainment were considered. Yet small parabolic functions linked screen time to attachment and positive effect. A parabolic function is a graph indicating amount of child's positive effect to amount of screen time, meaning with moderate amounts of screen time, children's emotional attachment to their parents and their positive effect is highest. But with low amounts of screen time, children's emotional attachment and positive effect are lowest, which means they are less attached to their parents and less happy. And with high levels of screen in children's emotional attachment to their parents and positive effect are also lowest, less attached, which means they are less attached to their parents and less happy. Results suggest a critical cost-benefit analysis is needed to determine whether setting firm limits constitutes a judicious use of caregiver professional resources. I believe this study goes against with what many people believe screen time does to children. They often believe screen time makes children resentful to their parents, though too much too little is bad. A moderate amount is healthy for children and for their parents in terms of relationships and happiness of children. I also would like to point out that this study can indicate uh, parents to limit the screen time or if they should even should. Uh, and in my next episode, I, I hope to answer those questions in terms of recommendations. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to my third episode. Next week, I will discuss the recommendations I have on internet and child development.